Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek. With 7 million downloads and hundreds of podcasts, Anxiety Slayer is an award-winning podcast for anyone suffering from anxiety, PTSD, panic attacks, trauma, and high levels of stress. Today, I'm speaking with Ada Perez. Ada is an author, life strategist, and communications professional with a passion for mindful parenting. She is the author of the new book, Anxious Mom, Anxious Child, A Mother's Journey from Anxiety to Serenity. Hi, Ada. Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer podcast. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. Ananga and I met earlier this week, and we realized that over all of these years, we really haven't talked about the mother's journey and, and how uh, suffering with anxiety, how that can affect our children and our relationship with our children. So this is a, a topic we're very excited to talk with you about and learn more from you and your story. I would love it if you would share your journey from living in Puerto Rico to moving to Atlanta to discovering that anxiety was affecting you and your life and as a, as a mom and as a woman and as a professional and just kind of walk us through a little bit of that story that brought you to the space that you are now to helping so many others and of course the creation of your new book Anxious Mom Anxious Child in many ways my story is similar to the hundreds of other children who dream of a bigger dream when they're um, living outside of the United States. And that was my case. I dreamt a big dream of coming to the United States after college and working in the United States. I was curious about the experience of other cultures, interacting with other cultures. And I really enjoyed the change in my immediate environment and interacting with cultures from Latin America and also from different parts of Europe in the job that I, that I was doing at, uh, in Atlanta in a media, large media company. The exposure to so many cultures was so enriching and really fulfilled that, that very dream that I had. And years later, little, little did I know, um, it, was be, it was going to be a challenge for me to be among all these cultures, but further away from my own family who lives mostly abroad or across the United States in other, uh, in other cities. After my divorce, I was faced with uh, the challenges and the, the fears that sometimes we mask or sometimes go unnoticed for years. I found myself as a single mom suffering from anxiety, which I really did not know at the time was anxiety. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I learned through my journey is that we often confuse stress with anxiety. And in our culture, and of course, we are having this conversation today with no intention to generalize, but it is part of our, you know, Hispanic culture to sometimes um, not talk about certain topics in the conversations. Certain conversations are not normalized. And I, I believe, and again, it's my personal experience that anxiety is not fully understood or, or, or frequently discussed in conversations. And um, we often just assume we are just going through a rough patch and we're just stressed. Right. So, 
Well, and it seems to me that in the, all of the years that we've been producing the Anxiety Slayer podcast, that it's only been in the last couple of years that we've really seen a bigger dialogue, more people stepping out, more people sharing their stories, people that are in the spotlight that are willing to, to be honest with their, with their struggles. And it's been so very helpful. And I understand, depending on how you're raised, it's maybe not okay to be speaking about these things, or there's an entire lineage that doesn't understand or doesn't want to hear it or wants you to suck it up and get over it <laughs> or, you know, or whatever the story may be. Correct. And there is stigma in the word anxiety. And in many ways, you just don't understand the depth and the breadth of mental health until you are faced with a challenge and you recognize yourself suffering from it. And I appreciated more of my journey as I tried to find tools that could help me. And it was not a one-size-fit-all um, solution. And this is why I teach and I, I love to share what I have learned in my journey. I was inspired with such conviction to write about what helped me and not only to write about what helped me to find peace, but also what helped me strengthen my bond with my son. Mm, which is so valuable. Like that, that's pure gold when we can strengthen our relationships with our children. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about anxiety and motherhood and how becoming calmer can help that connection with your children. I believe as moms, we sometimes sacrifice a lot and we want our best, the best for our children. And when we understand that if we are doing well, if we are, if we are a fully realized person, feeling joy, feeling abundance, being grateful every day, our children will most likely perceive, enjoy, grow and just be more likely to become that. Mm -hmm. And I only realized that when I started noticing that my anxiety was affecting my daily routine and my interactions with my son. I was, I was less patient and I really wanted to change things around. And the beautiful and result of this journey was that I consider my bond with my child, with my son, who nowadays is just, he's a little boy, he's 10. Mm. And he is so, he can express his, his emotions. And I feel that I have allowed him to be as a result of allowing myself to be. Oh, that's so beautiful. To just to be who you are and to let him be who he is and, yeah, the, the opening for that expression and realizing when we're impatient. I came into this world impatient. It's something I work on a lot, and it's something I fail at a lot, for sure. But I, but I know it, and I know that that's a part of my nature, and, and so I can do something about it. Or if I see that showing up in my daughter, I can remind her that there are other things that we can do to kind of chill out and get back to center and not be in that space of having everything be uh, a fight or flight 
Mm -hmm. And recognizing that we are different, recognizing that our children do not need to be like us, mm -hmm. letting go of the expectations that oh, we yeah. have for oh, our yeah. children to be a certain way, to act a certain way, or to become a certain person that we in our fantasy world have envisioned for them. Oh, that's huge, Ada. That's huge. Yes. We go back and we think about our own experiences. Certainly, you, you know from how you were raised uh, and then the choices that you make to do things differently in, in certain cases, you know, different than the way that your mom and dad did it or mom did it or you know, whatever your situation was. And then I was an athlete. Why aren't you an athlete? Or mm -hmm. I was really good in school. Why are you struggling in school? Or I had a million friends. Why isn't that important to you? Or why, you know, pick anything. And if this chasm of understanding that, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, just because I'm your mother or I'm your father uh, doesn't mean that you are going to make the same choices that I did, have the same interests that I have, or behave the same way that I do because you're your own perfect miracle being person. I mean, obviously we we're shaping them, but it's really important that we let them breathe into who they become. And, and it's, uh, it's not the easiest things to do. It's easier mm -hmm. said than done. And it's part of parenting and the many challenges that come with, with embracing our role as parents. It's a balance. It's a balance. But it's that recognition, that understanding, that self ex exercise of self-exploration that mm -hmm. allows us to be, to be more than thinking, to being more than thinking, and to allowing their emotions to flourish. And yeah. yes, in my book, I also talk, Sean, about being ready to listen to their, their real truth. And their emotions are not always packaged in the sweetest way. So being ready to recognize in ourselves our fears, it's a very important part of the journey to, to serenity. Mm. Let's, talk, let's talk about uh, how we can identify and address some of the triggers that show up for uh, mothers, for Latino women uh, in day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. I think the Hispanic cultural nuances are sometimes very similar to other um, cultural uh, nuances, but for the purpose of our conversation, I think um, we, could, we, could, um, we could picture ourselves picking up our children from school and being exhausted from working all day and while we are driving in the car, they are, they are ready to have time with their mothers. They're mm -hmm. ready to connect. They have been yearning for that moment. Even if they don't have the words to express their need to connect with their mom. In the meantime, we are exhausted. We need to focus on the road. We need to think about dinner. We need to um, actually, by the way, maybe check the phone because texts are coming through, but we can't because we're driving. And our child is trying to, to get that time with us, but we are, we're, in a way, we're close to them. Often, I, I really wrote about how often we are too focused in ourselves, too distracted, mm 
with, with the list of to-dos, we, we don't make enough of a pause to spend time, quality time, even if it's a few minutes with that child of ours that is really yearning for that moment with us on that, that very presence. Moment, yeah. That, that presence, presence is so important that we, that we are fully available and mindful of how important it is. And I love that you said, even if it's a few minutes, even if you can allow yourself to uh, exhale, you know, take a nice deep inhalation, exhalation before they get in the car and to devote time between that you know, moment that they get in till you get home, that's just all about them, all about them. And, and let that be, that, that be that moment. Think about that memory of making that choice, what that could do for your child and for yourself. And I think after you, you practice this mindfulness living, I mm -hmm. think, if you make it a habit to just know I'm going to pick up my son or my daughter and this is my time with them. Yes. Everything else can wait. Yes. If you just embrace them in that moment and feel their hug, their kiss, if they're at a stage that they still, <laughs> still kiss you and hug you. Yeah, yeah. Just, because sometimes that stage has passed. Sorry, mom. Yeah. But just, <laughs> acknowledging them, acknowledging yes. their feelings. And it's not a long time before they're ready to move on to the next topic. <laughs> right. That, that will make a difference. I think it's also important too, that when our children are emotional, when they've had a tough day themselves, or they're, they're going through something that they're, they're trying to figure out that we don't allow ourselves to get pulled into the undertow of their emotion that we're there to support them, um, to listen, uh, and to clarify whether they need support uh, solving the issue that they're dealing with or if they just need to be heard. Acknowledge. Acknowledge yeah. their emotion. Be a witness of what arises in them mm -hmm. so that they can feel the safety in sharing their emotions and their feelings with you. Yeah. That trust is everything. If they can trust you to share what's going on in their innermost uh, truth with you, uh, then that, that feeling of safety and that feeling of making better choices, truly, because they know they're supported, they know they're heard, they're, they know that, that they can show up wherever they are and whichever form they're in. <laughs> and you know, that's when we do our real work as well, when they're coming at us with anger or uh, with super heightened emotions or whatever it is that they're bringing forward that we, uh, that we can allow that. Um, there are also times when, when we can't, you know, I have a, my, my daughter's much older than your son, but there are days when I need to let her know I'm not available for that right now, but I want to talk with you and I can be available for that when I get whatever it is I need to get done. As long as it's not, of course, life-threatening, life but it's a boundary thing as well. And as they grow older, a lot of the things are going to be um, occupying of bigger, bigger spaces in their agenda. But I think when they're younger, 
their time with the parent and that that reinforcing of I am here, yeah, I am supportive, I am listening, and yeah. I am not judging you. The judgment part is important because I think as parents sometimes we believe that we that it is part of our duty as a parent to point out what's wrong more than pointing out what our children have done great. Just taking into account how did he how did he do today and and bringing bringing out the positive and just bringing him to a space of feeling feeling grateful for this interaction with you mm-hmm. feeling that there's a space between you that is a bond i call it a bridge you are building that bridge you're strengthening that bridge when you're allowing for that space to be your son's lucky to have you as his mama Oh, thank you. I'll bring him over and have you tell that to him. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about how praying and meditating have been incredibly helpful for you. Thank you for, for that question. I really feel passionate about this topic because it was through the exploration of mindfulness and the different tools meditating became for me such an important an important aspect of my healing and i have found that some some um sometimes we hear um topics the the topic of mindfulness being being um something as opposed to praying and i i want to share with your listeners that you, it's okay to meditate and pray. I do mm-hmm. both. Me too. I do both. <laughs> and yes, yeah, so you, you will agree that when we meditate, we are listening. We are listening. And when we pray, for the most part, we're asking. And it's okay. There is a place for both. And I try to always remember that. And I teach my son that it's important to have spaces for meditation, to be silenced, to practice deep breathing exercises. And also there are times when we show our gratitude and we pray and ask for blessings. And it's so beautiful that that's something that, that you're teaching him, that he will be able to use in his life for many, many years to come, that comfort of knowing what it is to be still and what it is to be grateful and how you open up so much more of yourself when you can allow for that and when you can give thanks and really point out all of the things that you're grateful for. I've had a gratitude practice for a very long time. So has Ananga. And it's, uh, boy, on the days that you're feeling really low or feeling triggered or feeling like you have way too much on your to-do list, if you just stop and count your blessings, it's a immediate diffusion <laughs> of anything that's coming forward if if you can catch yourself in that moment and do it and it's old wisdom count yeah. your blessings and right? we've we've heard it since we were kids count sure. your blessings and it's sometimes it's good to remind our children that they are so lucky and so blessed and in our hispanic culture I think it's in many homes, again, not generalizing, but a lot of homes are, tr- are traditional homes, and we respect the elders and we respect institutions. 
And sometimes we are, we are taught that the power is from the outside, from the elders, and they are the ones that tell us what, what is going well in our lives, what, what we should be looking forward to. Their advice is very important. And I think old wisdom is, is, is very, very unique to our culture in the sense that we, we want to show that respect for our elders and for the traditions but at the same time, we have entered into a new age where we have to find that strength and the power within to find our own sense of gratitude, our own sense of direction, our own sense of pride in who we are, and understand that our experience, especially if you are a second generation, you have to recognize that the experience of your parents is different to your yes. experience. The difference from your grandparents will be even more different. And it's an exercise that goes both ways for parents to understand the new generation will have a different experience than yours. And it's okay. Do not right. be afraid. Allow them to be. Incredibly important. Because if we're constantly trying to shape them to look like us, we are not doing them a, a service and we're doing ourselves a disservice as well. It's not what we're meant to do. <laughs> that is not our job. Our job is to love them for who they are and how they show up and to be as open and available as we possibly can. And to understand that, of course, we're human and we're learning and we can only come from our own experiences and then learn, learn how to be more open to whatever they bring forward. And there will be times when they will fail and we have to let them know that it's okay to sometimes yes. fail and learn from our mistakes or so-called mistakes. Right. <laughs> we, we can right. argue if they're really mistakes, but sure, lessons sure. to be learned. Well, it's just when you can open up this way and support your children this way, and obviously there's work to be done, self-improvement, self-love, all of the work that we do to make ourselves stronger, to make our internal lives stronger through prayer, meditation, mindfulness, nature, all of the things that we do and talk about to remain grounded. Yes, of course, this is important to do, important work to do for yourself so that you can show up for your children and show up for those that you love in a much more peaceful way, in a much more comfortable in your own skin kind of a way. And earlier, we spoke about how timely this conversation is. I really feel that, especially during these times, during these times of uncertainty, we really need to help our families, not just our children, but those around us to feel connected to each other, to feel that they are safe, yes. to, to remind them that they are, they are allowed to feel their emotions, to release them allow them to express how they feel, even if they are completely and absolutely frustrated to the point of being blocked. There's a space for that as well. 
recognizing that we are in this together. Yes. And it's okay to feel what, whatever um, you are feeling. Mm-hmm. It is. We are all navigating through some really uncertain times, unsettling times. I was just having a conversation the other day with a friend about how, how sometimes I feel just like myself, completely normal, doing my thing, uh, even through the uh, shelter at home, uh, shelter in place that was taking place because I work out of my home. A lot of my regular day-to-day stuff seemed pretty normal. And then I will have days where I'm crying my eyes out, so sad about what's going on in the world or, or just low or whatever the, the emotions are. Or there might be a day where I have a lot of anxiety. My, my daughter's getting ready to move out and go off to art school. And right now I want to just say, oh, how about you just stay home? You know, of course, <laughs> she's not going to just stay home. All of the things that we, that we feel, and I just allow myself to feel them. I go there, I feel it, I sit with it, very much like watching a cloud moving through the sky. Just let it be with it, pay attention to it, and then let it go. And keep letting it go and, you know, over and over and over. I don't have, have it perfected by any stretch of the imagination, but by knowing what to do, by knowing how to support her and her stress, or my husband, he's been back at work a long time before we even felt like it was a good idea for him to be back at work. Everyone's coming from a different experience, and yet we're all looking at so much uncertainty. But we've got it. We've got each other. And we're blessed to have our families and friends. We're blessed to have our children reach out and support each other the best way we know how. Old school, like neighbors do, who you know, take care of each other, who look in on each other. The sense of community has been um, tremendously encouraging. And for my case, in my case, we were remote learning. Remote learning was an, an, an interesting experience. And I would take time, um, and I was also working from home. I would take time for my day to just do mindfulness moments with my son. We would sit or we would go outside and we would take our shoes off and just ground ourselves and just stand under the shade of a tree and just take deep breaths and just try to feel the moment and take it all in. And I would encourage him to, to notice the flowers around us and the birds and just small moments of mindfulness, I believe, can make a difference in, in our life. There was a quote that uh, in your book that you used from Nicholas Chamfort that is, the most wasted of all days is one without laughter. And it was my very favorite. I, I loved all of the quotes that you had, but that one is an, another good thing for us to remember when things feel so heavy and, and so important and so scary and all of that, that laughter, to get our kids laughing, to get ourselves mm. laughing. It doesn't mm-hmm. even matter to just laugh at yourself, the funny things that we do. There have been so many strange <laughs> things that have happened in all of our families. I'm certain of it during these, during these times. And, yes. and so it's really important to remember to lighten up yes. the best way you can. Lighten up and laugh, even if it's at ourselves. Yes. I found myself making these mistakes that I'm like, oh, how did that happen again? And I just <laughs> I sit around home and I'm like, okay, I just guess I just have to laugh at it and move on. Tomorrow yeah. will be another day to right. 
go at it again and try it. And <laughs> right. Well, and that's such a, also health. It's that's a very healthy way to behave in front of our children as well. If they learn to laugh at themselves while they're young, think about how ahead of the game they are when they're out on their own and not taking things so darn seriously and holding themselves up to this idea of of perfection or whatever the issues that that we've projected on them or they've picked up along the way or what have you to be able to just laugh and mm-hmm. and see that this is absolutely hilarious and then and then get on with it what a delightful conversation we've had today i'm, I'm so grateful that you reached out and and wanted to share your book and a little bit of your story with anxiety slayer the Anxious Mom, Anxious Child is available wherever books are sold, but you can also get it at breathepublishing.com. And you can also contact Ada at breathelifestrategies.com. And um, before we go today, uh, I'd love for you to share anything that you might be thinking of to send us on our way. I encourage everyone to find moments of silence that can lead to self-exploration. Embrace silence and embrace laughter. And um, tomorrow will be a better day. No doubt. No doubt. That was Ada Perez. She's the author of Anxious Mom, Anxious Child, A Mother's Journey from Anxiety to Serenity. You can learn more about her work at breathelifestrategies.com. If you found this podcast helpful, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a friend of Anxiety Slayer, you'll get access to over 40 guided meditations and extra resources for calming anxiety. Visit patreon.com forward slash anxiety slayer.